You may be seated. <clears throat> uh, my name is Brent Fugate. I'm the senior pastor here at Byfield Parish Church. Uh, it's nice to see several folks visiting here with us today that I hadn't gotten to meet before. So if you're new, thank you for being here. And if you've been here for a long time, thank you for being here as well. We are continuing this week in a series we started last week focusing on the idea of Sabbath rest. So that is where we're picking up today. Over the past year or so, I have routinely been frustrated when I try to meet with people for coffee or for lunch. That's part of what I do as a pastor here at Byfield Parish. And I will set a time and a place to meet with a particular person and I will arrive at that place and at that time. And what do I see on the door? There'll be a sign on the door and it says, we are closed due to insufficient staffing. And that's super frustrating. It's super frustrating for all of us. The hospitality sector, restaurants and coffee shops, it isn't the only industry with a lack of employees though. Jobs are available in healthcare, technology, education, and manufacturing. One area where there is an extreme lack of workers is the transportation industry. Last year in the United States, the trucking industry apparently had a deficit of 80,000 drivers. This lack of drivers is not a new problem. According to the Commodity Flow Survey, trucks transported 71.6% or 10.4 trillion of the 14.5 trillion of the value of all goods shipped in the United States in 2017. Truck drivers are the backbone of the American economy. If all the truckers just all of a sudden disappeared one day, our society, our economy, would literally collapse. There is an immense amount of pressure for truck drivers to transport huge amounts of goods from one place to another as quickly as possible. We all rely on them doing so. There's also a lot of financial motivation, both for the companies that uh, own the that are doing the trucking and also for the drivers you you make money by driving the trucks historically this this combination the the lack of truck drivers plus the amount of needs that needs to be transported has led to many truckers trying to drive as long as possible without stopping <coughs> They avoid breaks and it was recognized that this was a problem because truck drivers were driving for 10, 20 plus hours at a time on these long haul routes without taking breaks. And you don't really want a really sleepy guy driving one of these huge trucks around. So in the past few decades, there have been laws made. And this is one of these laws. After 11 hours of driving, a long haul trucker is required to take a 10 hour break before the driver can get behind the wheel again. While I'm sure these laws are frustrating to those truckers doing the job, 
the motivation behind the law is the well-being of the truckers themselves and the safety of everyone else out on the road. Today, as we continue the sermon series on Sabbath rest, we started last week, we're going to look at a law concerned with resting that God gave for our own well-being. He doesn't want us to hurt ourselves or others. Specifically, we are going to read the fourth of the Ten Commandments given by God to Moses on tablets of stone. So if you would turn with me to Exodus chapter 20, we're going to read verses 8 through 11. Those verses can be found on page 57 in your pew Bible. They will also be projected on the screen behind me. That's Exodus chapter 20, verses 7, I'm sorry, verses 8, verses 8 through 11. Hear the word of the Lord. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it, You shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. God recognizes all people like truckers have ground that we want to cover in our lives it often feels that there is more work for us to do than there is time for us to do it god recognizes that like truckers trying to deliver a load we need to be protected from our own inclination As with limits placed on truckers, God's laws are given for the good of people. These laws are a means to an end. They are not the goal. The goal is our good. We can only experience true good in God. The eternal goodness of God is our good. And by regularly taking a Sabbath, we are supposed to get a small, regular taste of an important aspect of our relationship with God. Taking the Sabbath is an act of faith. It is an expression of our desire to enjoy the good God has provided us with. That good is himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The command to keep the Sabbath in today's verses is connected with God's own actions. We talked about God himself resting last week. God's actions set the standard for human actions. This is true in every area. We are expected to behave the same as God would in the same situation 
to the extent that we are capable of doing so. Obviously, there are limitations on our capabilities. We cannot physically do what God does. Our hearts and actions are supposed to align with God's holiness. In Exodus 19.6, one chapter previous to the verses we read today, God says to the people of Israel, You shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Later in Leviticus, God says, you shall be holy for I, the Lord, your God am holy. Doing what God does is not just a matter of living up to a standard. It is necessary to inhabit his blessing. God blessed the Sabbath. Now, we don't normally use the word blessed in this way. We talk about people being blessed, but not so much time. What does it even mean for a period of time to be blessed? It means that time is set apart as special by God. The blessing of the Sabbath is associated with God's own rest. We are not good at doing what God does or commands. We are, in fact, actively bad at it. Take, taking a Sabbath, it really shouldn't be that hard. You don't have to be a genius to recognize that rest is desirable. Taking regular breaks from life should be pretty obvious. We want to rest to enjoy the work we have done. Unlike God, we need rest. We get tired. Despite the desirability of rest and our need of it, we are bad at resting. This was true in the ancient world. Throughout the Old Testament, the people of Israel frequently angered God with their refusal to keep the Sabbath. In the present day, we are probably even worse at resting. The problem is not even that we are always working. We just don't stop. There is a pervasive feeling that to keep up, we always need to be going on to the next thing and the next. The desire for rest and the need for recuperation we all feel is counteracted by other impulses. It is not that rest is good and the alternatives are bad. Our minds are disordered. The frenetic lives so many people lead are an inevitable result of seeing the world from our own limited perspective. It's not that we don't want to rest. We just fear that if we do, we will get too far behind everyone else or too far behind our own expectations. Those that see the world only from their own limited perspective will convince themselves that rest, 
no matter however, no matter how desirable, is not an option for them. They will think that their survival, or at least their success, depends on unceasing striving. Through the giving of his law, God mandates good for us that we are too confused to embrace for our own well-being. He does so recognizing that we need clear guidance on how to live. People often think of laws as being an impediment to personal satisfaction. How many of you appreciate the speed limit when you're driving around? All right, few. I actually don't mind the speed limit on the interstate. I think it's probably just me getting older, but 70, like that feels fast enough. I'm, I'm not in that much of a hurry. But where the speed limit really bothers me is when I go hiking up in New Hampshire, and whenever you go up into New Hampshire, especially, or some of the back roads around here as well, you're driving along and it's 55, and then you come upon a town and you see the sign, it's like 35. And seriously 35 and then drops down to 25 and it's like how slow do i really need to go here but those new hampshire cops i don't think they have the tax basis so they're looking for you just be careful i've gotten pulled over new hampshire way more than anywhere else that's not the point the point is is that these laws even laws like speed limits they are given for our own well-being they're given to protect us from our own worst impulses. While the laws passed by governments may be silly or wrongheaded, God's law is perfect. The laws God gives are based on a perfect knowledge of the ways in which people, us, require clear boundaries. God's laws are not intended to inhibit us from being satisfied, they are designed to teach us how to be satisfied. The law being given as a teacher is a frequent biblical refrain. Psalm 119, 102 through 105 tells us, I do not turn aside from your rules for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey in my mouth, through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It is true that God rewards those whose lives align with his precepts. It is also true that doing what God commands is its own reward. A person who is intentional about taking a Sabbath rest will have a better life than a person who doesn't, all things being equal. The past couple of years, I have coached a variety of teams for my kids' sports. And the kids I am coaching are normally between about six and 12 years of age. Last spring, I was helping coaching flag football, and I had this kid, and he, he didn't really know what was going on very well. And so every time you would hand him the ball, let's say the end zone is that direction, he would see the defenders coming at him, and he would just take off 
the other direction. Which is a problem, obviously, but it was also a problem because he was having the time of his life. He did not care at all that he was going the complete wrong direction. He thought the point of the game was just to run away from the people that are chasing you. Because the kids I coach don't know how to play the games, I give them very basic commands. In soccer, I tell the goalies, never throw the ball back to the middle of the field. You throw it to the sidelines. In flag football, I say, if you're on defense, never let the offensive player get to the sideline because that's how they get touchdowns. In basketball, I say, always keep your body between the person you are defending and the goal. The commands I give are necessary due to the player's lack of knowledge. The commands God gives mankind are communicated for the same reason. We don't know how to play the game. We can still defy God's law. Most people do, in fact. Despite our lack of knowledge, we often live as if we know better than God. When it comes to the Sabbath, we convince ourselves that we can get by without rest. Or we tell ourselves the other things we are doing, they're more important than rest. Defiance probably is not the right word to describe how individuals respond to God's commands in most cases. It's not so much that they outright refuse to live within the boundaries God has set. Most people just ignore God. God is thought of as, far, as a far-off, benevolent force more than a personal lawgiver. Not doing what God commands is destructive. Failing to keep the Sabbath is no exception. In the Old Testament, God judged the people of Israel severely for their refusal to rest at the times he prescribed. In Ezekiel 20, 21, the prophet says, but the children rebelled against me. They did not walk in my statutes and were not careful to obey my rules by which if a person does them, he shall live. They profaned my Sabbaths. Then I said, I would pour out my wrath upon them and spend my anger against them in the wilderness. God takes not resting as seriously as actions that we would consider much, much worse. Currently, God's judgment takes the form, often takes the form of allowing people to reap the consequences of their own faulty choices more often than not. Those that aren't intentional about rest will reap physical, emotional, and spiritual consequences. Their relationships will suffer with God and other people. The consistent choice to not rest will result in a shorter life. Keeping the Sabbath is about more than having a weekly schedule that lines up with God's law to avoid bad consequences. It is a sign that a person's relationship with Jesus Christ 
is operating as it should. It's easy to get so focused on doing what we are supposed to do that we miss out on the point of what we are doing. Some people become legalistic about keeping the Sabbath. In Jesus' ministry, the Sabbath came up all the time. The Pharisees who reveled in their legalism had developed a very specific set of rules about how to keep the Sabbath. For them, the point of the Sabbath was keeping the rules. Christians can also have restrictive policies. In the Laura Ingalls Wilder book, Little House in the Big Woods, which was part of the Little House on the Prairie series, Wilder conveyed some of the restrictions that were common at the time. She wrote, on Sundays, Mary and Laura must not run, those are the daughters for anybody that doesn't know, or shout or be noisy in their play. Mary could not sew on her nine-patch quilt and Laura could not knit the tiny mittens she was making for baby Carrie. They might look quietly at their paper dolls, but they must not make anything new for them. They were not allowed to sew on doll clothes, not even with pins. They must sit quietly and listen while Ma read Bible stories to them, or stories about lions and tigers and white bears from Pa's big green book, The Wonders of the Animal World. They might look at pictures, and they might hold their rag dolls nicely and talk to them, but there was nothing else they could do. I don't think I am alone in thinking that the Sabbath described by Wilder doesn't seem very appealing. It sounds super boring, but then actually I thought about it more and I thought, man, if I could just have a whole day, my kids could only play really quietly, that might be really nice. So I don't know. I think maybe this Sabbath was more for Ma and Pa than it was for the children. Uh, in any case, while rules for Sabbath rest are not as common today, as they were 200 years ago, or in Jesus' day, they are not unheard of. I have personally known Christians who don't go out to eat on Sundays or watch professional sports because both of these activities require the work of others. To many, this sounds extremely restrictive. To be clear, setting up rules, setting up boundaries based on God's command is not in itself the problem. Different people are going to live out God's general command that we regularly rest differently. The variations will depend on the person. For me, I've said this before, doing yard work at a time I've set aside for Sabbath is actually morally wrong because I despise yard work. For another person, working in the yard might be totally appropriate because they feel renewed by it. The actions associated with keeping the Sabbath are secondary to the heart status that should cause a person to want to keep the Sabbath in the first place. The rules we might establish for how to rest are only beneficial to the extent we keep in mind that following the rules is not the point. 
It is reasonable to set up boundaries for ourselves in recognition of our unique joys and struggles. Probably everyone should have a rule that they will not check their email during the time that they are supposed to be resting. I don't know anybody that gets an email and is like, I feel so relieved, right? I'm so excited and feel so much more rested now that I've read that email. And let me just add, I would, I would strongly, strongly encourage this. Just put away the social media on the time that you have set aside for rest, right? I know it can feel like if we don't know what's going on in the world, that the world might actually collapse, but that's not how it works. Nobody in this room is that important that the world is literally going to descend into fire if you don't know what is going on in the news for a single day. Because the constant anxiety is, it is eating away at your souls. It is eating away at your souls, okay? A regular Sabbath it's an expression of faith for us to know how we are to keep the Sabbath. We need the Holy Spirit. Through the Spirit, we can know what we should avoid and what we should embrace, depending on our situation. Next week's sermon is kind of a part two to this sermon that will process what it means to have a Sabbath with the Spirit. Sabbath, resting, it is an act of of worship. The Lord's interest in what we do is always secondary to what those actions say about the status of our relationship with Jesus Christ. God says in Isaiah 113, bring no more vain offerings. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and the calling of convocations I cannot endure iniquity and solemn assembly. The point is not the day itself. The reason the Sabbath matters is what it says about the state of our hearts. Do we trust God to provide for our needs? Or is everything dependent on us? Do we desire to spend time with our Lord and Savior. If you care about someone, you make sure to carve out time to invest in that relationship. Time is the most valuable resource any of us has. You can always make more money. You cannot make more time. Regularly investing time in Christ indicates we value the relationship. It shows the extent to which we care. If we never make time for the relationship, we should not be surprised that God interprets that lack of prioritization negatively. If I told my wife and kids that I loved them, but was always too busy for them, what should I expect them to think? The only reasonable conclusion for them to draw is that other things are more important to me than them. 
God draws the same conclusion when we are unwilling to set aside time for our relationship with him. Taking a Sabbath is similar to tithing. Jesus doesn't need your money or your time. But a lack of willingness on our part to invest either in our relationship with him sends a very clear message. The way we rest or don't indicates how we feel about Jesus Christ, whether we love and trust him as we claim. We started off today's sermon referencing the rules truckers have to follow about resting. We all need regular rest. Sometimes the only way to get it is to mandate. In the Ten Commandments, God made clear rest was not optional. It was mandatory. He knows we need the rest for our own well-being. We get physically tired for sure. But more than that, we were made to rest in God. We should do what God tells us to do, but doing what God tells us is more than just following the rules that he has given that make clear what is supposed to be happening in our lives. God wants us to intentionally rest in our relationship with Christ. He has made rest possible for us. If we fail to embrace that rest, we are rejecting God's provision in a real way. The consequences of not resting are not just physical. They are relational. We must make rest a priority. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I pray that you would be with us as we consider your commands to us, Lord. It is so easy to read commands like this and feel an additional sense of, of burden, an additional sense of guilt. And that can be appropriate to some extent, recognizing our shortcomings, Lord. But it's also true that these commands that were given to us were given to us that we might have life, that we might be freed from these impulses that that drive us to live in self-destructive ways, Lord. So I pray for those of us in this room and watching online, I pray that as we consider how to live out your commands in our own lives, Lord, that we would do so keeping in mind the point of this is, is our good. The point of this is that we might have space for a relationship with you. And I pray that your spirit would be with us, giving us guidance and how best we can live out your command to rest considering our current situations, Lord. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We will